Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show tonight for any reason, as always, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Our website, thesecretteachings.info, has all the information about the show that you might need or want to know. You can listen to the shows if you missed any episode. There's a player on the website to go back and to play those shows and to download them. If you want to get rid of those annoying advertisements, though, you can subscribe to our full archive with montages, the ones that we make and play, and my digital books, plus early access to the show and a private RSS feed. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info. My archive is different than Clyde's archive on Ground Zero, so if you want Clyde's archive, you'll have to subscribe to Aftermath. Our archive is separate. It's only $40 for the entire year. If you just donate the $40 through our website, through our PayPal, there's a bunch of instructions there to show you how to do it. We'll set you up an account. And uh, I try to do things antiquated like that intentionally. I don't like the complexities of the modern digital world. And I haven't liked those types of things since I was a kid. I've always had an aversion to technology and different forms of technology. Uh, obviously, like, um, you know, I'm not opposed to technology in general. I'm not opposed to various forms of technology, like a pen is technology. I just don't like things that track and trace everything I do. And I like to limit the amount of tracking and the amount of tracing that is conducted. And uh, I try to extend that to you as an audience. I know a lot of listeners don't have social media. A lot of my listeners uh, don't even have email. Uh, I've got a couple people that write me letters uh, on, on occasion because they just, they don't even want to have anything to do with the internet. And I get it. I understand. I don't really like to be connected to the internet. And maybe if I wasn't in radio, I could be doing something totally different. Uh, I had an interest in sports as a kid. I could have gotten into, you know, sports broadcasting. Maybe I could have gotten into, I mean, I really like playing basketball. Maybe I got into coaching basketball or teaching a history class. I, I don't know. I could have done anything, but I'm here on radio and I'm broadcasting five nights a week and I'm blessed to be able to do what I do for fun. And in doing that, sometimes I, I think if I weren't doing this, would I even have a phone? Would I even have connection to the internet? And I mean that sincerely. Like I sit here some nights and I think I don't want to be in front of this computer. I don't want to have this phone near me. I just don't want to be around it. And it's not some, it's not some like pompous, arrogant, hipster, new age thing. I just, I don't like being around the technology. I just, it really makes me uncomfortable. And especially when you have to rely so much on it. In fact, um, after the show tonight, it is June 30th, 2022. I'll be driving out to Roswell, New Mexico. Most of you know, Clyde is of course out there and a bunch of other, uh, people are out there for the 75th anniversary of the Roswell event. So I'll be driving out there after the show and I was last minute making the arrangements last night. I, I was trying to get uh, a hotel and everything was so expensive. I ended up having to pay for two nights, which was the best deal I could find $273, which for me is like a, an absolute fortune. 
And normally when I go to an event, I have a fundraiser, didn't have time to do that, not asking for money now, just, I spent $273. And the issue was I'm on the internet and I'm looking for these hotel deals in Roswell. And I try to put in my, my, um, my card, because I have a credit card just for this type of thing, because I don't like to use that either. And it tells me error, decline. And I, so I check the card and I, it's always paid off. So it said error, declined. And then I tried it again. It's error, declined. And then I tried it again. Error, declined. I tried the credit card. I tried the debit card. And then I said, well, I'm just going to try to use PayPal. I was on trip.com. So I try to use PayPal and PayPal tells me that's the wrong email. That's the wrong password. And it wasn't. I know what my email and password are. And then it tells me once I finally get into PayPal, oh, uh, that uh, we're unable to use PayPal. And I start to think, what if I, what if it's my name that's flagged? What if there's some something in the algorithm, something in the machine, a ghost in the machine that doesn't like my name, my email because of the the association with what I do? So I remove my name, and I even had my fiance hope I had her film it so she so she could she could help me document what was going on, and she's filming it, and as I remove my name. And I go ahead and I, I, I lost like 80 cents on the deal because if you sign in, you give them your information. You, I thought it was going to be like $20 off or something. Stupid me. So I, I signed in to trip.com and uh, wouldn't let me do it. So I had to sign out and then all of a sudden it let me do it. And I thought, well, that has to be, I mean, I guess my name's on the card. So maybe that's just my imagination. But that's how I feel about technology. I, I tried to sign up one time for those sh- uh, those uh, uh, food delivery services to do that part-time. Error, error, error. Everything tells me error. Uh, everything tells me. And I, and I feel like it, it feels targeted. It really feels targeted. And I know how that sounds, but it feels targeted. And I can't help but think, as people have joked with me for some time, that maybe the reason it feels targeted is because it is targeted. And, and, and what's targeting me is not really a human. It's not some government agency. It's the ghost in the machine. I've really thought that. I've really, really thought that. I just, there's something that concerns me about unlimited, unchecked, even unwarranted internet, phone, you know, smart device, etc. cetera, uh, connectivity. I've been an advocate to inform people for years now from the beginning of my show. Like, hey, you should be aware that your smart TV listens to you. You should be aware that your your smart toaster, your smart refrigerator, uh, these things listen and monitor what you do. It connects to the smart grid and you should be aware and concerned over that. And of course, this leads to conspiracies and these dystopian views of the future that there's going to be some interconnected grid and some global government and you're not going to be able to do anything and it's going to be this hellish nightmare, something out of Orwell, something out of Huxley, something out of Fahrenheit 451. And we never reach that point or any of those points. We never reach any of those points in that way. We always reach them in a different way. What I mean by that is we never see things happen in the real world like they do in a movie. Events in the real world are not scored by a composer. There aren't actors and actresses that are very famous and well-known in them playing a part. There isn't a uh, series of um, you know special effects. 
uh, digital effects, etc. It's real life. So sometimes we can become so enamored with that version of reality, we tend to forget that those types of things that are in the movies, that are in TV shows, like they happen in real life. They're just not, you know, they're not with, we don't see them through a, a literal filter, through a camera. Now, this might seem really obvious to you. It's really obvious to me too. But I, I feel, this is my, my opinion, I feel that we're creating a new religion through digital technology and particularly through the internet where we're not just creating a religion, we're actually creating the gods that we will worship within the religion. Technocrats inevitably become techno-priests. And those techno-priests in this technocratic cult demand subservience to technology and to science. Now, we've already seen, for whatever the purpose, the creation of an artificial intelligence church called Way of the Future. The doctrine of Way of the Future, that's W-A-Y, Way of the Future is, quote, the realization, acceptance, and worship of a godhead based on artificial intelligence developed through computer hardware and software. That's the quote. So this is a modern religious cult, is what it is. It's got its own heaven, it's got its own hell, it's got its own God, it's got its own devil, angels and demons. And of course, you can't have religion without persecution of anyone on the outside. Seems that man is attempting to create God in his own image, perverting the notion that man was created in God's image, as described in the book of Genesis, using that simply as a reference point, not you know to advance my my religious beliefs, because I, I don't have that religious belief per se, but just to go back to the Bible as a, as a cornerstone of, uh, of history, we're creating these things in our image rather than working within and allowing the, the natural order of things to play out. And we've worried so much about the proliferation of artificial intelligence, I myself being one of those people, it's not like something I lose sleep over, but it's something I've been concerned with. My uh, my late friend Kev Baker from the Kev Baker Show was a huge, huge fan of this topic, this discussion. And people like us have been concerned about AI proliferation, believing that we're creating a beast. Like Elon Musk said, Elon Musk said that with AI, we're, we're summoning the demon. And that was actually the foundation one of the cornerstones of my book, The Technological Elixir, which if you haven't read it yet or bought it, it is 600 pages, uh, six by nine. I think it's like size 11, 11 and a half font. So it's, a, it's an enormous book. And it takes you from this philosophical discussion on technology and AI all the way to UFOs, aliens, and the music industry. So if you want to know about any of that, I'd highly recommend you get a copy of that book, The Technological Elixir. So it pretty much goes like this. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. And then man builds his own deity. And while we've been worried about the proliferation of artificial intelligence, believing that we're creating this beast, this demon, a lot of us have not stopped to ask if our creation would be endowed with the same powers. Could artificial intelligence 
create? And the answer is yes, it can. Artificial intelligence has already demonstrated its ability to create complex languages with chatbots. It can create text, and you can't determine if a human wrote it or if AI wrote it. And I've, I, I mean this humorously, I've heard people talk about the AI systems for the Washington Post and other newspapers that have written hundreds of articles, and they say, well, I mean, AI can write these articles, but it's not really... It's not really well done, so you can kind of tell if a computer wrote it. And I think, well, yeah, but honestly, I can't really tell what humans are writing anymore. It's just one big jumbled mess. Even professional journalists, so using that word loosely, there's commas in the middle of words. Things aren't spell-checked. It's, and that's like Associated Press, from, from Yahoo to Associated Press. It's, it's all over the place. I mean, you go to InfoWars, you go anywhere. It's just like the, the, nobody can get their stuff together. So AI can't, if AI is making mistakes writing, it's just learning from humans because humans apparently, there's no editors anymore, I guess. So AI can create this stuff. It can create music. It can, through uh, samples, it can mimic voices. We know that AI is going to now be used to mimic the voices of, of your loved ones. Uh, AI is something that has been recently used to create uh, comic book imagery. We did a whole show on this. We got a lot of really good feedback on it with Derek Murphy about, we called the show AI is in, or beauty is in the AI of the beholder. And uh, that show is in our archive at thesecretteachings.info. Artificial intelligence with the assistance of uh, a cartoonist named Carson Grubog created a four-issue comic book series called The Abolition of Man in collaboration with Mid-Journey AI, an image generation system. And this uh, is based, the, the name is based on C.S. Lewis's uh, his essay, I think it was an essay or a, a small book called The Abolition of Man. And uh, it was basically a defense of natural law and objective value and how when we don't apply ourselves to that that natural order, we are essentially abolishing ourselves. I mean, that's the super-duper simple way to explain that. And AI's been able to create the language, the text, the music, the comic books through image generation, and now even, and this one's very disturbing, cryptid creatures. Yes, cryptid creatures, like the Braxton monster, like the Mothman or the Mothmam, which I, I never promote this, but we have uh, we have T-shirts on T Public. There's a link on our website, and a listener designed for us about two years ago, three years ago, a shirt that has like a drag queen Mothman, uh, and it says on it says on the top, it's Moth Ma'am. So, so if you, for those of you who don't know, it was excuse me, it's Ma'am. It was, it was from that the listener designed a Mothman shirt. So we have Mothman. We don't make any money off of it. It's like $1.50 or something because they're priced so low. But yeah, you, we have Mothman shirts. So yeah, cryptids like that. Mothman. I mean, you could even say Chupacabra. You could say gray aliens. I don't know. It's, it could be anything. But there's all kinds of cryptid creatures. And then there's also things like copypasta or creepypasta. And you have like Slenderman, right? You have Momo. And Momo, we've done extensive analysis of Momo and Slenderman on this show. I have an entire 
section in my technology book about it. Again, that's a huge book. If you've, if you've not read it, you're interested in this show and what we talk about, I'd highly, highly, highly recommend that you, you get a copy of that book, The Technological Elixir. Take you through the whole Momo thing, the, the whole uh, subject matter of uh, the Slender Man. And, and that's the, there's something interesting about that whole thing. When you read about the Momo challenge and Slender Man, this weird Slender Man longer than Momo, but this weird cultural trend there was a story about this kid in India who died uh, at the beginning of, well, kind of at the beginning of the, the, um, the Momo challenge. And he, 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 he hanged himself. And when he hanged himself, when they, when they found him, there was something peculiar about what was written on the walls around him. Apparently, I, I mean, I didn't see it. I wasn't there. But apparently this kid wrote devil's one eye on the wall. And I guess he had scribbled some other slightly incoherent text or something to that effect. But he wrote devil's one eye on the wall before he, well, he killed himself. And what was fascinating about that is it's very creepy. There was a series of articles that came out at the end of the Momo challenge a few years ago. And the creator of the, of the Momo thing, the, the Momo, uh, let's call it, because it was a statue, like a sculpture, it was a, uh, an art piece. And the guy that created it said he was going to destroy it because of all the, the terrible things that were associated with it. And he said he was going to keep one of the eyes from it. He was going to keep one of the eyes from it to use in another piece of artwork. So this 18-year-old boy in India dies of supposed suicide. He writes, devil's one eye on the wall. And then you fast forward to the, to the end of the Momo thing. And you've got the creator saying he's going to save one of the eyes from it. So what is that eye? Well, that eye is, it's an eye, right? It's AI. And I know that, you know, Momo isn't necessarily technology. It's an idea, but it, it exists in cyberspace. It exists on the phone. That was mostly through WhatsApp. It existed on Facebook even. It was, this thing was targeting kids and trying to get them to hurt their pets or their families, mothers, dads, brothers, sisters, grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts, etc. So Momo and Slenderman, they exist in cyberspace. And artificial intelligence has now created a new form of cryptid creature called Krungus. Now, it was created by a Twitch streamer through an image generator, a voice actor named Guy Kelly. Over the weekend... About a week ago, Guy Kelly posted a screenshot of a doll E mini, now known as Crayon, a prompt featuring the word Krungus, C-R-U-N-G-U-S, C-R-U-N-G-U-S, along with um, a series of other things he posted on this. Uh, I don't honestly know how all this works, but he posted this, this, um, this prompt. And in the middle of the night, he said he fed that name into the system. He, he just came up with the name Krungus. 
And the only thing I can even think of that comes close to Krungus is Krumpus. But that's just because of the, the, the spelling of it, Krungus. And the, the, the computer, I guess, and some users have pointed out that the meme uh, shows this creepy image. It shows a, a cacodemon from the Doom franchise. But it's kind of a mix of the cacodemon and Greek mythology. So this article that I have here, for example, from Futurism says that they believe that the AI made some sort of connection between the two concepts, put all this together and created its own cryptid creature, Krungus. And now there are already Twitter accounts of Krungus, and they're supposed to be parodies, but they have, they have these digital personalities. They're people running them, but they're digital personalities. And one of the ones I thought was really interesting is that it says, Krongus has become something of a mini-celebrity with at least one parody account in which the Hobgoblin remarks on its summer solstice celebrations and gets an animated makeover. Summer solstice celebrations. So we manifested this thing collectively as humans with what we've developed, what we've allowed, what we support. We've manifested a system, a platform for Krongus, this cryptid, to take digital formation. And this was done around the summer solstice, a very important, powerful occult holiday in which we draw down the power of the sun and we send up our sympathies to the sun to stay strong, to get warm, to bring light and life to the world, etc. We are, we are summoning, we are invoking this, this thing and that can create gateways and rifts when we use these significant occult days to bring about change in our world we can do that through the natural laws or we can do that by well god creates man man destroys god man builds his own deity ai with text and language and music and comic books and image generation and then also cryptid creatures and that leads me to think that the ways in which ai poses a danger to mankind is not through a Terminator-like extinction, but instead the slow erosion of the human faculties of creation, art, culture, music, language, and even religion, so that man is simply abolished in a slow erosion-like process. It's really cringes. It's cringy. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. rdgable at yahoo.com. The email, don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a very creepy image circulating the internet called Krungus. Not fungus, but Krungus. C-R-U-N-G-U-S. More like cringus. It's, it's kind of very cringy. It's an image created by artificial intelligence, an AI image generator which was plugged into by a guy named Guy Kelly, a Twitch streamer and a voice actor. And he said in the middle of the night, he woke up and he fed the name Krungus. He has no idea how he came up with the name, but he fed it into an AI image generator. And it pumps out this disturbing series of of images that just, I mean, it kind of looks stupid, but it's also kind of creepy. And the... The image is, if you look at it, it has a very similar kind of, it almost looks like a, like a very 3D CG image, if you haven't seen it. But if you've seen the, uh, the, the comic book Abolition of Man, the AI comic book, you'll notice that it has a similar like paint scheme to it, let's call it. It almost has a similar tone to it. It's kind of like very brown and... Just brown and black and just gray and doesn't. There's not really much life to it. Now that's very indicative of something that obviously isn't 
let's, let's keep it simple. It's not necessarily a positive thing. And of course, this image is, you know, it's creepy, but it's, you know, it looks like some kind of video game or something from the early 2000s, some kind of like ogre or something like that. But Krungus, I mean, what is Krungus? Like nobody can figure it out. What is Krungus? It's just some name this guy made up. And in plugging it into the AI generator, it pumps out this image. And a lot of people have pointed out that this meme, because it's a, it, Krungus is a meme, appears to show something from the Doom franchise. I don't know if anybody ever played Doom, but something called a Caco Demon, uh, which I, I don't believe it's exclusively from Dune, uh, but Doom is not Dune, by the way, Doom, D-O-O-M, but Doom obviously took these, these ideas from, you know, mythology. Because a, a Caco Demon is kind of like a, it's like an evil spirit. And it is... Um, basically, I mean, it's like a good spirit and a bad spirit. It could be both, which is, you know, what angels are. It's basically an angel. It's some kind of angelic type being. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's evil, but it could also be good. It's, it, it, it can get kind of confusing, but the, the caco demon is supposed to be the, the evil version. And then there's, there's something called the agatho demon or the eo demon, which is a good spirit or a good angel. So that's, that's what they think this thing's based off of within the AI, you know, system. But what's what's fascinating to me and what's very cringy is that Krungus, 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 um, I'm choosing to pronounce it Krungus. Maybe it's Krungus. Um, I'm thinking of Krumpus, so that hard G, not Krungus, but Krungus. Krungus is also now a Twitter account. There's at least a, a one Twitter account, if not more, of this thing that is talking about the, the summer solstice, which makes it even more cringy for me because if you think about Letha, the summer solstice, June 20 through the 23rd, the very powerful date on the wheel of the year. It's the midpoint between Beltane and Lugnasad, but it is on the opposite end of the wheel from the winter solstice, which is the vertical pillar, which intersects with the horizontal pillar that is Mabon and Ostara, the fall equinox and spring equinox. So it creates the classical Christian cross. The fact that it was created on Letha on the wheel of the year also indicates a very southern point of origin, which some might believe, therefore, that there is a, a more, let's call it, gnomic energy to this thing. A gnomic energy would be what it sounds like, the, the gnomes, you know. Um, or, I mean, you could say, because the south is hell and fire, right? Well, it could be more salamandery, which salamanders are more like lizards, the devils, demons. I mean, either way you cut it, they're, they're, they're demons. They're, they're divine things, but they can also be less than divine. And they can take on the image. They can shapeshift and take on the image of things that, that are divine. I mean, all angels don't look like, you know, what we see in, in uh, Christian depictions. Some angels look like demons. Some demons look like angels and, and so on and so forth. The, the caco demon is, a, is an evil spirit, but it has a counterpart called the Agatho demon. So there's different ways and different things that you can break this down and describe it. So that's, that's the thing. Krungus, Krungus, however you choose to pronounce it. I'm choosing to pronounce it Krungus, I think, uh, because of the Krumpus, Krungus, Krumpus. But this is not the, not the first time we've seen AI create something. We've, we've worried so much about artificial intelligence that we've 
really not stop to ask the question if AI is going to be able to create its own things, its own stuff. It could be AI, like David, an alien, wants to create its own, wants to be God, wants to create its own race of beings. So, as I said earlier, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man builds his own deity. AI has already demonstrated it has the ability to create complex languages, texts, music, voices, by mimicking them, comic books, the abolition of man, and now cryptid creatures on the internet. And the ways in which AI pose a danger to humanity might not be through the same type of Hollywood depictions that we're used to. It, it might not be the Terminator rolling over human skulls in Los Angeles, you know, 10 years from now or whatever, whatever the date was. Instead, it's probably more so the slow erosion of the human faculties of creation. Art, music, religion, language, comic books, whatever. And it's one thing to have a calculator and have the calculator assist in making calculations, right? But if you're letting the calculator do all the work all the time, you almost, if you don't devolve, you come close to devolving. You regress. And then if you take that calculator away, then you don't know how to do anything. I mean, you take some people's cars away, they would never imagine even walking or biking or even taking a bus for that matter. You take away the, the, the tool, the crutch. And that doesn't mean cars are bad or calculators are bad. It doesn't mean AI is bad. But if we rely solely on AI to create these things, I mean, it's just the, the abolition of man, this comic book, and then this Krungus, Krungus character. Personally, I, I, don't, I just don't see the the thrill in it. I mean, it's interesting, but I don't see the thrill. I actually don't think that it's a, a very creative thing. You know, I, I just feel like it's some kind of, it's like AI is some kind of, you know, really nasty child that is, you know, obsessed with like really dark stuff. And you know, like the, they, like the kids just like really obsessed with like the devil or, whatever and something like that tv show evil even and you just don't you don't really know what to do and they're like look at this i painted this and it's just like people dying or something like it's 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 creepy and it, and and maybe that's that's for some people beautiful maybe that and that's fine but i i feel that it's disturbing and i don't feel that it's really a creative thing with a capital c i mean if you create a piece of art as a human being you are endowed with the intelligence of creation uh, and awareness and consciousness and, and just, you know, the, the arts and not everybody's, you know, Van Gogh, but you can, I can paint something. It's not going to look like Van Gogh, but who's to say what art is? Art's very subjective. So I, I can create something. It's being done. The point is through the soul and through the spirit. If AI is creating it, there is no soul or spirit. There's also no, there's no gender or sex, which is, I believe, part of the reason why transgenderism is so popular and being taught to children at such a young age because we're entering a time and era in which there will be no gender. And although that is a, a, a Marxist ideology, uh, a political ideology in which to corrupt a, a culture and to bring it to its knees to sub for subjugation, it's also, I think, very much relatable to what artificial intelligence can do. Can, it can create but 
if what it's creating is just an extension of what man has created, then it's a distortion of reality. And if we allow that distortion of reality to persist, then we are allowing ourselves to be abolished. You know, it's like when David Icke used to talk about the archons, right? And they couldn't create things. They, they could only mimic. And that's why Satanists, well, they tend to distort images like a, an upside-down pentagram, which is a symbol of defense otherwise. It's a very positive symbol. Um, you know, like if you're a Wiccan, a witch, a pagan, a, an occultist, whatever, like you'd use the pentagram for the same, the same way Christians would use a cross. It's a very pot. And in fact, the cross and the pentagram, I know that I get in trouble for saying this, but they're no different. The cross and the pentagram are the exact same thing. And the cross itself from the will of the year is no different than the Egyptian Ankh. It's man crucified to matter, arms spread out, legs either spread out or legs, you know, together, the, the one nail through the feet like Christ on the cross and the head is consciousness rising out of the four corners of the material world or rising out of the wheel of the year, the turning of time, uh, the, 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 the wheel of, of Buddha, the wheel of Dharma. So it's ba- the Christian cross is exactly the same as the pentagram. But if you invert it or if you distort it, I mean, you've created something, but your creation is sort of an abomination of nature. It's a desecration of reality. And to me, that's not a creative thing with a capital C. That's a distorted thing with a capital D. We're not only responsible for artificial intelligence, but we're also responsible for this, this desecration and this distortion of reality. I don't think it's funny. I mean, you can turn off the radio and find me on the street and I'm going to tell you the same thing. I don't think that it's funny. I don't think that it's a joke. And I don't participate in it because I don't, I don't think that it's a good thing. I don't support cryptocurrency. I don't like NFTs. I, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Is it NTF, NT, NFTs? I, I just don't. There's something creepy about it. And I just feel like I'm trying to tell you, don't get on the ship. The book is a cookbook. That's what I'm trying to convey to you. And that's, I feel that in my soul. We are as humans, in essence, new gods. And we're making AI a demigod for the time being. With quantum computers able to peer into the multiverse, we may have to come face to face with realities that are far beyond artificial intelligence as we know it. We may have to come face to face with the reality of cosmicism. We may have to deal with intelligences that are so vast that they're not making comic books or cryptid creatures. They can't comprehend us, nor we can, we can't, we can't comprehend them either. All the things we're creating on the internet are really expressions of our innermost demons, our daemons, our demons, our angelic divine things, our soul, our spirit. And they're very much alive in cyberspace. If you look at the Momo challenge or the Slender Man, Krungus or Krungus is the same kind of creation in cyberspace with the ability to jump into physical form through human action. It's a gateway into our world. I mentioned it earlier, and I mentioned it on occasion Remember the Momo challenge? Remember the, the stories? Maybe you have my book. If not, I'd recommend getting the technological elixir at thesecretteachings.info. It has all this information in it, you know, with the exception of this, this uh, recent AI stuff, because I haven't updated it with that. 
But there's a section on Momo, and I documented the whole, all the main articles that talked about Momo and all the stories and all the reports and how at the end of the Momo challenge, this distorted woman, kind of like the Baba Yaga, the Slavic demon, the creator of the, of the statue destroys it, and he saves one of the eyes. Now, that was at the end of the challenge, the Momo challenge, like the pop culture trend. But at the beginning of it, an 18-year-old boy in India hanged himself officially. This was official. He hanged himself. So there, there were people that killed themselves because of the Momo thing. And when he hanged himself, supposedly, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe he didn't hang himself. But according to the news, he hanged himself. And he wrote on the wall, devil's one eye. Devil's one eye. And then the artist saved one of the eyes. I remember the articles. I mean, there was there were articles there was an article in fox news about the indian kid and there was an article in cnet about the one eye saved from the statue and if you think on that for a second remember we did a show called beauty is in the ai of the beholder well it's not just the ai artificial intelligence it's the i the ai and i ai one eye and what is the most popular pop conspiracy trend on the internet and what has been the most popular pop conspiracy trend on the internet for like a decade or more the hand over the eye signifying that you're part of the system you're compromised you're part of the industry you're on the team you're in the club it's the big club and when you put your hand over your eye like that that signifies that you're part of the club right I actually went to a uh, very, very brief story. I went to a little event up in Phoenix uh, over the over the weekend. Friend of uh, friend of mine here in Tucson, who's a listener of the show, big shout out to Joe. He he drove all the way up there, and we one of the senators for the state of Arizona was there, and she was giving her talk. And I mean, I've given talks before, so I I know you move your hands around. You don't want to put your hands in your pocket because that feels like you're being reserved. So, I mean, she's a the woman was a politician. So she's talking and she's moving her hands. And at one point I noticed that she kind of had her hands in a gesture that looked like the, the longhorns. And I was, I so badly wanted to, I couldn't, I don't think I could have gotten my phone before she, she moved, but I wanted to get my phone and take a picture of that now. Cause I was going to, I was going to ask people like show them the picture and be like, Hey, look, the Arizona senator's making the devil horns. I wonder if she's a Satanist. And it wasn't, it wasn't a half hour later. Somebody else had caught it and they were talking about it. And then like the whole crowd bursts out and she's a devil worshiper. <laughs> you know, just this like argument. And just, it's like sometimes people just make hand gestures. I don't know if that means they're devil worshipers, but in theme, you know, if I were to take promo pictures for the secret teachings and cover my eye, take my word for it. I'm not in the Illuminati, but you might think I am because I'm playing into that cultural thing. But where does that cultural thing come from? The covering of the one eye? Well, really, it's, it's an old, old, old thing. It, it goes back to Egypt. In Egypt, you had two paths, two pathways, just like in Greece and every other part of the world. You had the right-hand path and the left-hand path. The left-hand path was really easy, but at the end was suffering. Right-hand path was really difficult, but at the end was justice. It was heaven. So the Pythagorean Y, and this is in my book, Occult Arcana, which is on the website as well. That's a massive 
like ream of computer paper. It's such a huge book. And I talk about all this stuff in the book. The Pythagorean Y is just a Y, and it gives you those two options. And so when you take the left-hand path, that is considered the path of well, distortion and desecration. It's considered the path of the unnatural, the perverse. Because you're trying to skip to the end, the cheat code in life, basically. So that's the left-hand path. And I even went so far as to call SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, the left-hand pathogen. I did a show on that. Um, so if you consider the left-hand path and consider ancient Egypt, what is one of the most popular images out of Egypt? The eye of Horus or the eye of Ra. And the eye of Horus or the eye of Ra, and the eye given to his father in the underworld, Osiris, to see after he was cast down there by Set or Seth, the setting sun, the light of the world goes into the underworld, and then he comes back up and defeats Set every morning. It's you know perpetual cycle of life and death. His son is Horus, the light of the world. It's the Jesus story again, of course. And so he gives his eye to his father so he can see in the other world. And, and the eye he gives him, tra- traditionally, I've heard people make other arguments, but traditionally, it is the right eye. And the left eye is the moon. The right eye is the sun. So by taking out the right eye, you have this illumination. And when you take out this illumination, you give it to you know your father in the underworld, Osiris. He has the way to light the underworld to see his passage back into the physical world. That is the spark that reignites the sun, brings the sun back every morning, and, and that's the sun that is coming up on the horizon. So horizon, Horus, and then Set is Seth, Seth, Typhon, the serpent. So the eye is not a negative, dark thing. It is a positive thing. It is a representation of illumination. It's part of the mystery schools. It's part of the mysteries of Egypt and Greece and Rome and all these other cultures. And it can be distorted, especially when you see celebrities... And I'll give you a great example. When you see celebrities like, how about Greta Thunberg? Remember Greta Thunberg? Well, Greta Thunberg did that weird magazine cover where she's covered in oil, right? If you don't know what that is, look up Greta Thunberg, type in oil, and type in magazine. And you should should be able to find the, uh, the image there. So look at that image, and what do you see? you see her right eye covered. So it's an ancient symbol, an ancient concept that goes back, I'm sure, extensively further than Egypt. But what is the right eye? The sun. What is the left eye? The moon. Horus plucks his right eye and gives it to his father, the eye of Ra, the eye of Horus. The solar eye and the lunar eye. So if you take the right eye, the sun, and you pluck it out, you show it, you focus on it, that's a positive thing. On the other hand, when you choose to cover the right eye and leave the left eye visible, that's a sign of the left-hand path. And that's exactly what Greta Thunberg is doing when she has that black goo, that oil all over her head. Her right eye is covered. The people that are doing this type of thing are not doing it unintentionally. They're selecting that eye to cover because 
it's the right eye because it's the sun, because it's the solar right-hand path. So these are distortions and desecrations of the natural order. And when you look at something like black goo, we talked about this on the show with Derek Murphy, Beauty is in the AI of the Beholder. If you pay attention to pop culture and if you pay attention to news even, you pay attention to media and you pay attention to entertainment of various sorts, comic books, movies, TV shows, you notice the squid or the octopus. And what do they... What does the the squid exert uh, as a defensive mechanism? Ink, right? And so the ink of the octopus is the black goo. The octopus is like this Cthulhu-like thing, right? The tentacles everywhere. So the tentacles and the octopus, the metaphor there, the squid, and then the ink. And what do we write with? The sword is mightier than, or the pen is mightier than the sword. What do we write with? We write with pens, with ink in them. And we bring to life our creations through the ink and before anything makes it onto a computer screen it's written down on paper somewhere and then it's translated into a computer and what is our computer if i turn down my light all the way right now what is my computer screen it is a black mirror a mirror in which i can scry in to communicate with spirits and disincarnate entities and that black Mirror is a window into the internet where we find the Momo, where we find the Slender Man, where we find Krungus or Krungus. The octopus and the squid, the ink, the tentacles. The tentacles are what? They're the interconnectedness of the internet. The black screen and the interconnected computer systems and networks and internet that we have and through that we get these ideas of these monsters these these terrible things we get the idea of black goo and then they have black goo poured over Greta Thunberg's head specifically covering the right eye not the left eye because the right eye is the sun it is the solar pathway That is the pathway of creation. That is the pathway of beauty. That is the pathway of God. That is the pathway of all things that are good. When you distort that, nothing good is going to come of it. So, I want you to think for just a moment, and hopefully you didn't miss our broadcast the night before last. We talked about something called Atomic Marvels. The Idaho National Laboratory, which I really appreciate all of you who messaged me and, and asked me about the, about the lab and told me you never heard about it before. Uh, I appreciate all of the, the people that reached out. A couple people, uh, Eric Garcia, for one person, reached out to me recently this morning about it. So this Idaho National Laboratory, you know they have all these UFO sightings in Idaho. It's the highest per capita rate of sightings. And we know with Roswell coming up, we know we had Mari Island June 21st, Kenneth Arnold's flying saucers on the 24th, and then we have Roswell the first week of July. And out there, it's all in the Pacific Northwest, and then out there just east of Boise where Arnold lived is the Idaho National Lab where in 1949 they built the first, they're building the first nuclear reactors. Uh, the city of Arco was powered with nuclear power, electricity, for the first city powered by nuclear energy. A lot, they built nuclear-powered cars and planes, all this other stuff out there. 
and uh, they dumped a bunch of radioactive material out there. And now they're building little mini fission reactors for space travel and for new forms of, you know, green energy. And they're calling them Marvel. Well, what is Marvel? Well, the Marvel Universe. What's the most popular Marvel movie out right now? It's Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Badness, the multiverse. So this is the, the idea of atomic alien theory, atomic, uh, you know, alien uh, hypothesis that we've summoned aliens and things into our world through atomic energy, through nuclear bombs, through maybe even nuclear reactors, maybe even through warfare in general. And there are things coming through those gateways as much as there are things coming through the gateways that we call our computers, our black mirrors that we stare into the black ink of the pen translated to the computer, the creation of these distorted desecrations of the natural world. And the symbol of them is AI, specifically the left eye. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm heading out to Roswell after the show tonight, so I hope you'll join me out there. Otherwise, you'll be able to hear us again Monday because we won't have another show uh, Friday because I'll be out of town. Otherwise, stay tuned. We have a whole hour coming up here on the broadcast. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. As many of you know by now, we are suffering from inexplicable and seemingly unrelated incidents around the world, ranging from power outages, the destruction of communications, infrastructure, and homes. We now believe these incidents are not unrelated, but in fact, connected. Connected to signals received by event horizon telescopes around the world, all into the sky, monitoring the stars, and what may lay beyond. Today, I am here to tell you that we are not alone in the universe. What is being visited upon our Earth is not of our Earth. You can fool them, but you gotta calm down. Don't show emotion. Then they can't tell who's who. Yes, there are these massively intelligent entities out there, but they're not good, they're not evil. They're more like the Lovecraftian great old ones. There are entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. It could have imitated a million life forms on a million planets. It could change into any one of them at any time. Now it wants life forms on Earth. It needs to be alone and in close proximity with the life form to be absorbed. So this transition is really, really massively important for our entire species to navigate. And this thing is happening in the background while people bicker about politics. And underneath it all is this rising tsunami that if we're not careful is going to wipe us all out this thing doesn't want to show itself it wants to hide inside an imitation go fight if it has to if it takes us over then it has no more enemies nobody left to kill it and then it's one the lovecraftian great old ones when you do this beware because you think you're gonna put that little guy in a pentagram and you're gonna have your holy water out you're going to wave it at the thing, and by God, it's going to do exactly what you say and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. It never works out that way. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings Radio. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. Talk stream live, the Paranormal Radio app, Aftermath, Ground Zero, groundzero.radio, or The Secret Teachings archive at thesecretteachings.info. We have a yearly subscription right now, $40. You get access to montages like that, the whole archive, the show archive, private RSS feed, download and stream the show without those annoying advertisements, and access to digital copies of my books. If you subscribe, you're the only thing that keeps us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. And after tonight's show, I'll be heading out to Roswell, New Mexico. So if anybody is in Roswell for the 75th anniversary of the Roswell incident, I will be out there. I'm not sure where I'll be. I don't have a booth or anything like that. It was very last minute, but I am going to be out there at Roswell. I'll have my uh, I'll have my secret teaching shirt on probably. Uh, so if you want to come out there and kill me, that's, <laughs> that's where you can find me. I'll... Uh, I mean, I think everybody knows probably at this point what I look like. So if you want to try to find me out there, I'll be I'll be in Roswell somewhere. It's not a huge city, so you'll probably be able to find me somewhere. I'm also um, 
also going to be staying out there through Saturday. So I'll be there for two days for the Roswell Festival. And I'm, I'm interested in, you know, UFOs and aliens. I know everybody's talking about that this week. And I do a very long-form show. So although we haven't discussed aliens outright tonight, I think that the, the subject matter is the same. And here's my pitch. We've worried so much about the proliferation of AI that we've been creating a demon, like Elon Musk said, we're summoning an artificial intelligence demon, summoning some kind of conjuring, some kind of evoking, some kind of demon. Few of us have stopped to ask if maybe it's not so much our creation that will be uh, the devil, but what our creation will be able to create. As I said, quoting and altering the, uh, one of my favorite movies, Jurassic Park, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, and then man builds his own deity. Artificial intelligence has already demonstrated its ability to create complex language through chatbots, text, through articles, and they're written just as well as any human writes them. Music, it can even mimic your voice. Comic books, the comic book called Abolition of Man. This was about two weeks ago. It was announced that Carson Grubog and uh, an AI image generating system, Midjourney AI, they created this comic book called Abolition of Man based off of, in part, C.S. Lewis's The Abolition of Man where he defends objective value and natural law and warns about the consequences of doing away with those two things, which is sort of ironic because artificial intelligence and what we're allowing it to do is not really natural law. I I believe it's a desecration of natural law. It's a distortion. It's an alteration. And I believe that we are not being objective on the subject of artificial intelligence. And I find it stranger One of those stranger things, how we, at least in my field, my line of work, people used to be very opposed to this type of thing. And now it's like with cryptocurrency, NFTs, everybody's on board. And I find myself sort of left floating in the middle of the ocean again by myself, a few other people as well with me who agree, who just see this as a, all this stuff as a scam and just don't, don't buy it. I I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy it at all. I and now we're seeing that AI can can not only create these things, but AI can and you know run everything. The economic system, the stock market, AI can run everything. But the AI is also creating its own memes, its own characters. It's created a cryptid creature on the internet. A cryptid creature called Krungus or Krungus, C-R-U-N-G-U-S. And the name was just a random thing that this guy plugged into an image generator and it pumped out this image of something that looks like an ogre, Kako uh, demon, which is an evil spirit, something like an agatho demon. It's like the good version of that spirit. And uh, from what I understand, a lot of this, this uh, was created through uh, the Doom franchise. Uh, they used Greek mythology. They used the Kako demon, uh, the agatho demon, to create those monsters in that video game. And they think the AI got that idea from Doom and from Greek mythology. 
One thing that is perhaps more disturbing, however, is that there's Twitter accounts already being created with this demon, just like Momo on WhatsApp. And this hobgoblin is remarking about the summer solstice. The summer solstice is a very, very powerful day on the wheel of the year. A very powerful day, one of the major points on the wheel of the year. The summer solstice, winter solstice, fall equinox, spring equinox, and then the midpoints, the sabbats for the, the Wiccans and the witches, Imbolc, Beltane, Luknasad, and Samhain, Sao, Winter, Halloween. It's a very important day. And this hobgoblin, Krungus, Krungus thing is on the, on the internet, on Twitter, uh, it's a dummy account, but, you know, talking about the summer solstice, which I find, I find disturbing. Especially because a couple of days ago, it was about two and a half, three weeks ago, this Google engineer, Blake, uh, was his last name, Limoen, Limoen. He, he said that the AI at Google was sentient, remember? He said it came to life. Do you remember what the name of that AI was? It's called the Language Model for Dialogue Applications. It's Google's system for building chatbots based on the most advanced large language models, so-called because it mimics speech by ingesting trillions of words from the Internet. It's called Language Model for Dialogue Applications. LMDA. But they call it Lambda. Lambda. L-A-M-D-A. And they call it Lambda, L-A-M-D-A, in a cringy way that seems to relate to Aleister Crowley. Remember Aleister Crowley and a lot of these guys, Crowley, Jack Parsons, where did they get on? They got on down there in Southern California. And, you know, Silicon Valley, Jet Propulsion's Laboratory. Think about Southern California. Think about the, uh, the various uh, lodges out there that Crowley and others were a part of. Connections to the Church of Satan, Church of the Devil, whatever you want to call it, Anton LaVey. You got the Jet Propulsion's Laboratory. You've got Silicon Valley. And you have a group of people today that are very, very, very invested in creating new worlds, new dimensions, and new entities and deities. Call them artificial intelligence, whatever. So you got the Jet Propulsions Lab, which is like way, way down south. And just a few hours north, like I think it's like five hours north of Silicon Valley. So there in Southern California, you've got a long history of very strange, bizarre behavior by very powerful, very famous people. One of them, Aleister Crowley, who famously attempted to summon this gray-like looking character, this moon child called Lamb, L-A-M, Lamb. And he supposedly attempted to do this again in 1918. Basically, an alchemical experiment, summoning artificial life through a process that includes a spark of immense energy and certain ingredients contained in a bottle or basically 
what is the occult egg. This artificial life, artificial life, artificial, is known under numerous names like the homunculus, very small human or humanoid creature, the little man, the aggregor, a thought form or collective group mind operating as an autonomous psychic entity, a tulpa, a golem, a changeling. Now this is the Aleister Crowley story with Lamb, and then you have the Lambda AI system at Google. You've got Silicon Valley, JPL, and all that history of Southern California and what went on there before the creation of JPL. And now you have this Lambda Google thing. You've got this AI system. And you've got this Krungus Krungus creature created by an image generator that's AI. And you have the comic book created by AI with this cartoonist Carson Grubach. And this was, this was really interesting. The, the, the guy that made this thing with the alien, this AI, which is, I think, very alien, it says, this is a quote from the, from the guy, these new art-making AI open up both new means for generating previously unimaginable content. In my opinion, the content is very stale, very boring, very bland, very brown, very depressing, very suicidal. But also... Speed the production to the point where all we have left to us is to transmute the meaning, rich gold of the past, into recycled lead of the present. In a world where there is nothing new under the sun, choose to change the sun. Let me read that to you again. It has the ability to speed the production to the point where all we have to do, all we will have to do, all we will have left, is to, quote, transmute the meaning, rich gold of the past, into recycled lead of the present. In a world where there is nothing new under the sun, choose to change the sun. Well, what is the sun? The sun is the right eye, right? The right eye, and the right eye is the eye of the sun. The left eye, therefore, is the eye of the moon. The right eye is Horus or Ra. It brings light to the world. It brings light to the underworld. That is the very eye that you'll see people covering when they're part of the big club, right? I'm not suggesting that's some Illuminati-confirmed conspiracy thing. I'm just saying that you'll see people do it. Look at Greta Thunberg for her climate change magazine with the black goo on her head, and it's covering her right eye. That's the right-hand path. That's the path you want to be on. You don't want to be on the left-hand path. And all COVID-19 was was, was the left-hand path of gin. You don't want to be on the left-hand path. You want to be on the right-hand path. So you want the right eye. You want the sun. So in a world where there is nothing new under the sun, choose to change the sun. Well, there is stuff that is new in the world. Every one of my shows is new. Every one of my shows is an expression of my soul, my interest, my passion. Just because the other people can't find that doesn't mean that we should change the sun, which is symbolic. We should, just, we should change the natural order of things because some people can't figure out what to create or what they want to do. It took me years to find out what I wanted to do. It took me years to, to create a, a, a platform with people listening to what I have to say. It took years to, for some of you to find this show. And because some people just feel like, well, I can't draw anything, I can't create anything, I'm like, let's let AI, AI do it. All AI does is create these depressing, suicidal, black and white, brown gross images that just look distorted, desecrated, and disgusting. 
And I'm supposed to sit back and think, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, AI is fantastic. And obviously the cynics are going to say, well, it's creating that because it's reading what humans are saying. Humans are depressed, so it's just mimicking humans. Well, if it's just mimicking humans and it's not really AI, it's not really artificial intelligence. It's just a system. It's like a, it's like a soci system. It's a self-organizing collective intelligence that just feeds us what we want to see and what we want to hear and what we want to know. It's not actual artificial intelligence. But I think it's that which is getting us comfortable with the idea. It's that idea which is getting us comfortable with the idea that, oh, it's just an extension of us. So we should accept it, welcome it into our hearts like Christ, and allow it to start dictating to us reality. Voices, images, comic books, entertainment, text, articles, news, books, magazines. We should just allow it to do these things. And we should look at it subjectively. It's all wonderful. It can't make a mistake like a computer. It's all human error. So if there's something gross about it, it's because humans are gross. And what it really is, is an abolition of man through the abolition of natural law and the destruction of a projective value in our observations of the world. All these things that we create on the internet are expressions of our innermost daemons. And they very much are alive in cyberspace. Like Momo or Slenderman, this Krungus, Krungus creature is in cyberspace with the ability to make it into the physical world through human action, through thought forms, through Twitter, social media, through these various, you know, internet forums. Remember when the Momo statue was destroyed, the creator kept a single eye for another piece of art? When an, an, this Indian teenager was killed at the beginning of the Momo challenge. He officially died from what I read because of the Momo challenge. He killed himself. He hanged himself. He wrote on the wall, devil's one eye. I mean, it's like how the supercomputer, right? The one red eye. It's like the Terminator's red eye. Devil's one eye, the AI, it's an eye. The, uh, the eye is a gateway to the soul. And the right eye is the enlightened right-hand path of the sun or the eye of Horus. When we create something, when we become something, we are moving our soul and our spirit, or it is moving us physically, through an alchemical process of transformation and transmutation. So I can't find it to be anything more than mystical, that Carson Grubog, the guy that worked on this comic book with the AI, said, all we have left to do is transmute the meaning-rich gold of the past and recycled lead of the present. Uh, present. So in a world where all this is you know, stale and all this is you know, nothing's new under the sun, choose to change the sun. Choose to change the right-hand path. It just feels like something is communicating right through, through people. That's that's the comic book, and then Krungus or Krungus, this guy just comes up with the name in the middle of the night and plugs into a system, and here we go again. And the Lambda system at Google and Lamb, the gray-like alien thing. If you missed Tuesday's show this week, you missed a really, really good show about the um, history of atomic energy, the Idaho National Laboratory and UFOs and things like that. And, you know, if you, if you look into the history of of UFOs. You look into the history of Mari Island 
Kenneth Arnold and go back even further. You can go back into the early 1940s. You can go back further than that and Ghost Rockets and Foo Fighters. Go back even further than that. You Stories of shields and chariots in the sky. And some of those things are natural, certainly, but there are still things. Even Blue Book couldn't determine, you know, 10% of the things were not identifiable. So I'd advise you to go back and listen to our show we did on the Idaho National Laboratory. It was on Tuesday this week, the 28th, incurring on disclosure Idaho's atomic marvels. And, and we looked at how modern UFO investigations did not begin with ATIP, but instead with projects Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book starting in the 40s. Recent reports from the U.S. military and Pentagon date back to at least the Second World War with incredible detail in some cases about disks, even before Kenneth Arnold accidentally coined the term flying saucer in June of 1947 after witnessing UFOs near Mount Rainier. Even Roswell was predated by Arnold's experience, and his was predated by Murray Island three days before in Washington State. And we talked about how all these incidences occurred in the Pacific Northwest, just west of Arnold's home in Boise, Idaho, which has the highest per capita rating of UFO sightings in the country. Now, knowing that these objects have traditionally been attracted to national labs during the Manhattan Project, Los Alamos, for example, one of them, they've also been attracted to nuclear missile silos, ICBM tests, military activity in general. It makes sense that Idaho would be home to a lot of lore considering that it's also home to the Idaho National Lab, which built the first nuclear power generator, powered the first city with nuclear power, and experimented with new nuclear technologies. Now they're being contracted to build micro-reactors for space travel called Marvel, which shares a very synchro-mystical connection to comic book movies dealing with multiple dimensions or multi-dimensional travel. The very realm that many believe the UFO originated in or from. In parallel with this is the Oak Ridge National Laboratory publicly working on breaking into the Mirrorverse while building an ion accelerator to conduct similar research to CERN. And the concerns that we can have over these things go back to the detonation of atomic weapons. And what, I, I didn't mention this, but... Um, a listener pointed this out. I have to give credit where credit is due. A listener pointed this out. I totally forgot. If you go back to the 1940s before Roswell, I've argued, and I argued Tuesday, that the Germans detonated atomic weapons. They called them disintegration bombs. It's in the National Archives. They were going to fly planes from western France to New York and drop an atomic weapon. I believe it was a 17 kiloton nuclear weapon. I think it was 17 kilotons. It's off the top of my head. They're going to drop that on Manhattan and detonate it above the city. They actually did fly to within close enough distance. They took pictures of the skyline, supposedly. They did conduct a proximity study of what would happen if they dropped that bomb over Manhattan. So that was back in the early 40s. The Trinity test was in 1945. 1945, July 16th. Now, going back a little bit before that, you had Operation Crossroads. Operation Crossroads was a series of nuclear weapons tests conducted by the United States at Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands in 1946. 
The two tests, Abel and Baker, seeked to uh, see what the effects would be of nuclear weapons on naval ships. These were the first tests publicly announced beforehand and observed by an invited audience, which included a large press corps, although German High Command invited many members of the press and um, military personnel to witness the detonation of their, quote, disintegration bombs, which even Oppenheimer said that the bombs that we dropped on Japan, uh, one of them was of German providence, which was the same kiloton load that had been used in the proximity study on Manhattan. So when we come back from break, here in about a minute and a half, I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to talk to you about Operation Crossroads and atomic weapons and how that relates to Lambda and Abolition of Man, the comic, and Krungus or Krungus, and how that relates to the one eye. All this is interconnected. All of it is, 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 is related to the next thing. And it is the, you know, we talk about the octopus and the squid. The octopus and the squid, the ink and the tentacles. It's a metaphor for the internet and technology in general. Tentacles are the interconnected networks of computers. The ink is the black mirror of our screens that distorts our perception of the real world. It's also the ink in our pens that we use to create new worlds through paper and art. Bringing these things to life. And what is the crossroads? Well, that's where you go with the black chicken, the black cock, to perform rituals in order to summon the devil or Lucifer to acquire gold and other things, to acquire power, the Faustian bargain you make at the crossroads like Bob Dylan. www.thesecretteachings.info. Please leave us a review on the podcast radio players. Again, this is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. I really appreciate you tuning into the broadcast. I really appreciate you listening to what I have to say emailing us rdgable at yahoo.com that's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com and I hope that you'll stay tuned for the final segment we still have a lot more to talk about and remember after the show I'm heading out to Roswell, New Mexico for the 75th anniversary of the Roswell incident so if you want to find me out there send me an email or maybe you'll find me in the crowd that's going to be Friday, Saturday and Sunday I'll be there Friday and Saturday Roswell, New Mexico hopefully I'll see you there Stay tuned to The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week 
on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So all the things that we create on the internet, all the things that we create on a piece of paper are really expressions of our soul, of the spirit, sometimes of our innermost demons or daemons, our divine essence. And they are very much alive when we create them on the internet, on a computer, very much alive in cyberspace. Like Momo or Slenderman, this new AI creation, Krungus or Crungus is a creation in cyberspace with the ability to jump into physical form through human activity. Like Momo, we know that the statue was destroyed by the creator who decided to keep one of the eyes from the statue and the words Devil's One Eye were written on the wall next to an 18-year-old Indian kid who hanged himself because of Momo. As I said earlier, the eye is a gateway of the soul or to the soul. And the right eye is the enlightened right-hand path of the sun or the eye of Horus or Ra. Down the left-hand path is a world of serpents and monsters like those of Lovecraft. And in theme of Lovecraft, 
It is the octopus or the squid, its ink and its tentacles that are a metaphor for the internet and technology. Tentacles represent the interconnected networks of computers and the internet. The ink is the black mirror of our screens that distorts our perception of the real world. It's also the ink in our pens that we use to create new worlds through paper and art. It is the manifestation through human creativity of ideas that take shape and take form in the physical world that jump off of the screens and become very, very, very real. But humans find other ways to carry out the same. The guy that worked with the artificial intelligence to create the abolition of man comic, Carson Grubog, said that these new art-making AI open up both new means for generating previously unimaginable content, but also speed the production to the point where all we have left to us is to transmute the meaning-rich gold of the past into recycled lead of the present. And in a world where there is nothing new under the sun, choose to change the sun. I find that to be derogatory because I find that humans have abilities to create beautiful things and they don't need AI to do it. And if we were perhaps encouraged culturally to create rather than to distort, rather than to copy and paste, to create means to think, or for some people it means to let your, your real self do the thinking for you. Let your mind wander, allow things to come to you. Some people can allow, through that process though, very dark things to work through them, to work through their pen, to work through their ink, to spill that ink of the octopus or the squid and to confuse and distort reality, maybe for defensive purposes, maybe for purposes of catching prey. In 1943, there's a case of flying discs in Schweinfurt, Germany. That was long before Roswell, long before the first atomic bomb at Trinity was detonated in July of 1945. White Sands, New Mexico. I'm going to be driving through there uh, here in a couple of hours after the show. I'm going out to Roswell for the festival tomorrow. The immense power in one of those bombs is enough to, as many have speculated before, enough to at least make noise, let's say, to alert, to inform that there's intelligence on this planet. Maybe an irrational intelligence, but there's intelligence on this planet. Others might believe that Atomic bombs were tested and experimented with as part of a larger experiment, as part of an experiment that really had to do with transmuting materials. A large explosion, a jolt of life, like an orgasm, like a spark of life, to create something new. You know, Aleister Crowley's lamb that he supposedly summoned? Well, he got that Google AI system called Lambda. These creatures, these aggregores, tulpas, you know, the, the Slender Man, the Momo, these all really very similar to one another. But if you go back to 1943, this is before Roswell, before the Trinity bomb, you've got cases of flying disks. If you fast forward to June 21st of 1947, you've got Maury Island in Washington State. 
three days, four days later, three days later, you've got Kenneth Arnold. He saw flying saucers. The media said those were flying discs. And then you get the flying disc, flying saucer. And a few days later, you have the series of Roswell events. The history of this goes back way before the Tic Tacs. For some of you who might not know that, it goes way back before the Tic Tacs. And the investigation the military had uh, in the UK and Canada and the United States goes back to at least the late 1940s. And a lot of this really exploded the summer of saucers after the detonation of atomic weapons. And considering how much atomic weapons seem to be these these bug lights, if you will, these bug zappers for, um, for UFOs. They just attract them. ICBM missile tests, missile silos, even Los Alamos was plagued with UFOs during the Manhattan Project. You look at all this stuff and, and you might start to think, okay, look at these national laboratories like Oak Ridge. They're building, they're building things and testing things, and they have for about three or four years now officially, that are allowing them to hopefully break into the mirrorverse. That's what they called it, the mirrorverse. They're building an ion accelerator right now to conduct similar research to CERN. And CERN is about to fire back up uh, from what I've read. And other labs, which I'm always sort of surprised no one's ever heard of it, the Idaho National Laboratory, which built the first nuclear power generator, the first city to be powered by nuclear power out there in Idaho. That was Arco and I think, 1955, if I remember correctly. Um, Atomic City was where they had the first nuclear reactor, the EBR-1 reactor, built, uh, experimented with new technologies, electri- uh, not electric, excuse me, nuclear cars, nuclear airplanes like the video game Fallout. That's a real thing they built. And now INL has been contracted by the, uh, by, the, by, the, um, by the government, by the military, which is NASA, to build micro-reactors for space travel. And they're calling these things Marvel, just like the comic. They're calling them Marvel, M-A-R-V-E-L. And what is the most famous Marvel movie out right now? It's Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Marvel reactors share a synchromystical connection to the multiverse of madness, where a lot of people believe the UFO originated from. It's not my opinion. That's been a very, um, well, let's say, popular but unpopular part of the um, of the UFO mythos and UFO community. But nonetheless, multiple dimensions, the Marvel reactors, we talked about all this on Tuesday. But even before, even before Roswell, even before um, Murray Island, there was a series of tests conducted after the Trinity test. These tests were called Abel and Baker, and they were conducted by the United States at Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands in 1946. They were meant to investigate the effects of nuclear weapons on, on uh, these naval warships. I want to take you through this as quickly as I can in the time that I have left here. That operation was called Crossroads. Crossroads. Let me take you through the history of this atomic bomb real quick. Oak Ridge National Laboratory, Hanford, Washington, and Los Alamos, New Mexico were instrumental in the Manhattan Project. Most of you know this. Los Alamos was the central laboratory run by Robert Oppenheimer, Julius Robert Oppenheimer. 
Now, despite the best efforts of scientists in the United States, the country had a few problems in producing these bombs. The U.S. did not have enough uranium, and we didn't have enough fuse, uh, fuses. We didn't have usable fuses for the bombs. The American plutonium bomb simply could not be completed without a quicker fuse that could match the necessary critical mass to be achieved within one three thousandth of a second for detonation. And of course, compounding the, the fuse issue was the lack of uranium for a bomb of this type. In 1944, Eric Jett, chief metallurgist at Los Alamos, wrote a letter with his concerns about the amount of uranium available for a bomb. The letter and its date, 1944, is highly significant when compared with these other incredibly horrific and historic dates. July 16th of 1945, the Trinity plutonium bomb was detonated at White Sands, New Mexico, near Alamogordo, codenamed Trinity, right? That was the codename. On August 1945, August 6th and August 9th, bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Little Boy was a uranium bomb. Fat Man was a plutonium bomb. The Little Boy uranium bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan on August 6th, 1945. is a very, very interesting bomb that I need you to remember for a moment because that bomb was very likely not built by Americans. The Little Boy bomb, that August 6th Hiroshima bomb, contained roughly 64.15 kilograms of enriched uranium and was detonated seven months and a week after the letter was written by Eric Jett. So he estimated 15 kilos of usable uranium would be available by May of 1945. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's not a lot compared to how many bombs were created after this very rapidly. So he, here's what ends up happening, and, and this is documented, and part of this is in the National Archives. With only a few months the United States had enough uranium for a bomb dropped on Hiroshima and they had enough you know, um, uh, technology that had rapidly developed in order to detonate the plutonium bomb at White Sands. Remember, the issue was they didn't have the fuse for that. The amount of enriched uranium needed for the little boy and the fuse needed for the plutonium bomb had to have been produced by, by something out of somewhere. And um, between the letter from Eric Jett and the dropping of those bombs on Japan, a very famous German Unterseeboot 234, undersea boat, the U-boat, U-boat 234. Let's see if my German's if my German's still good. Is it two? Is it two? It's zwei, drei, vier. Unterseeboot zwei, drei, vier, two, three, four. Set sail from Kiel carrying some very valuable cargo. On board this U-boat were two Japanese officers, two dismantled ME-262 fighter jets, and a Dr. Heinz Schlick who invented fuses for atomic bombs. The U-boat also happened to be carrying 560 kilograms of uranium oxide, way more than the 64 needed for Little Boy. Later, it was revealed that the German Luftwaffe, the Air Force, had actually conducted a feasibility study looking at the blast effect of an atomic bomb detonated over Manhattan, New York. Beyond a mere study, in 1944, a massive long-range Ju-390 aircraft took off from Bordeaux, France, flew within 12 miles of New York City, photographed the skyline, and returned back to the base. 
The bomb theoretically dropped on Manhattan was somewhere between 15 to 17 kilotons. The little boy bomb dropped on Hiroshima was approximately 16 to 17 kilotons. The U.S. military even issued an intelligence report in August of 1945. So this was August 19th, just a few days after Little Boy and Fat Man, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, entitled, quote, Investigations, Research, Developments, and Practical Use of the German Atomic Bomb. So the theory is this. U-boat 234 transported bargaining ships to the United States in the form of its cargo. Some believe that the uranium bomb dropped on Hiroshima was not merely of German provenance, as Oppenheimer suggested, but that the bomb itself was built by the Germans and had been part of an ambitious plan to destroy Manhattan, to destroy New York, to cripple the United States. In fact, there's a Washington Post article from June 29th of 1945. So yesterday was June 29th. So this is the anniversary of this article. Royal Air Force officer said today that the Germans had nearly completed preparations for bombing New York from a colossal airfield near Osseo when the war ended. 40, that's 40, 40 giant bombers with a 7,000 mile range were found on the base, the largest Luwafa field I have ever seen, according to one senior official. They were a new type of bomber deployed by Heinkel. Heinkel, like the Heinkel bomber. They now are being dismantled for study. German ground crews said the planes were held in readiness for a mission to New York. You can find uh, cases in both America and in the historical record out of Germany. A pilot, Hans Zinser, a flak rocket expert flying a Heinkel bomber over Germany, witnessed what he said was a strong, bright illumination of the whole atmosphere lasting for two seconds, and then he saw a cloud uh, shaped like a mushroom. An Italian correspondent, Luigi Romersa, said that they saw the same same kind of a thing. On October 11th of 1944, Luigi was granted a pass by German high command to witness the test of the disintegration bomb. In 1978, the National Security Administration of the U.S. declassified a report referring to, quote, reports on the atom-splitting bomb. December 14, 1944, a time when the United States could not manufacture or prepare the right materials to even test a bomb. And you read about Murray Island, and you read about Roswell, and you read about those flying disks in Schweinfurt, Germany in 1943, which would align with if atomic alien theory has any relevance, any, any, any capacity for, for honesty, it's likely those disks were flying around Germany at the same time because what the Germans were experimenting with. There weren't ghost rockets and Foo Fighters flying around the United States at the time. Maybe a few reports, but nothing I've read. They were flying around Europe. And specifically, they were flying around places where the Germans were experimenting on these kinds of craft. Or they were um, on on the the various types of craft, like discs and things like that. Or they were experimenting with this type of of, of atomic energy. Whether that's in uh, now the Czech Republic, or that's in uh, Poland, um, or uh, that was in, uh, in the heart um, of uh, places like um, some of their weapons testing facilities scattered throughout the Reich. And these disks were flying around in Schweitfurt, Germany in 1943. In 1944, officially they detonated disintegration bombs, and the U.S. was aware of this. In 1945, the U.S. detonated the plutonium Trinity bomb, and the next year, 
Bikini Atoll, Marshall Islands, 1946, Abel and Baker detonated in Operation Crossroads. What is the crossroads? And we can speculate, what were the Germans trying to do with those bombs? Was it to win the war? They were planning to drop those bombs even though they knew the war was lost. What were they going to do with those bombs? I mean, we hear a lot about what the Germans were doing, trying to summon or invoke or conjure something for super advanced technology. Maybe the atomic bomb was just that thing. And maybe those discs were there monitoring those atomic bomb tests. And Allied pilots witnessed them on several occasions. It's in military records. It's it's not just Tic Tacs. I mean, this goes back to the detonation of the disintegration bomb by the Germans in the 40s, 1943-1944. So the Germans detonated those bombs. Discs start appearing in the in the in the in the, in the theater of World War II toward the end of the war, and then from that point onward, you have more tests in the United States. You have tests at Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands. You have Mari Island. You have Kenneth Arnold. You have flying discs, flying saucers, and then you have Roswell. And then there's a massive explosion of reports, but those reports before they became public were all in military records. And then throughout the Cold War, those objects were able to uh, incur upon sensitive military installations, targeting those installations, deactivating missiles, removing the lids of, con- of, of containment chambers. I don't know what the UFO is. I don't know if it's alien. I don't know what it is. But what I do know is it's very possible that we created it. And I don't mean all UFOs. People have seen things in the sky for thousands of years, but it's very likely we've created. Like, Kenneth Arnold said he saw discs skipping across water, right? Or he saw um, saucers skipping across water. That's There's an importance in the word, saucers. The Oregonian newspaper said flying discs. Flying discs. So he said he saw saucers. They said flying discs. We call them flying saucers too, but the media created that. That's now what people began to see Flying discs, flying discs, flying discs, because that's what we were told to look for. We were told to look for it, so that's what we found. And the reports of those things exploded afterwards. The Roswell Daily Record, the famous news article, said that the Air Force had captured a flying saucer. That word, of course, goes back to Kenneth Arnold, a flying saucer, a saucer that is flying, a saucer that is skipping across the water. So we might have created this modern mythos of of extraterrestrials and UFOs. Not that they couldn't be that, but we might have created or something might have communicated to humans, maybe through the Germans, maybe through the Americans, maybe through something else, communicating through through people. You know, you saw all the weird JPL NASA connections to the occult. Connect, uh, connected and communicated through humans, like, like the great old ones, communicating through people in their dreams to get them to build these things, to build atomic weapons, to build uh, 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 various forms of, of, of new technologies to bring a gateway into activity so that these things can walk through it. Call them demons, call them whatever, but it feels as if there are too many synchronicities and too many, too many synchromysticisms for this to all be sheer coincidence and for there not to be some... I'm not trying to sell you the idea. I'm just trying to suggest, based on the information, that there's something here. 
something here. And there's also a presence here very much beyond that. There's a presence of something that just feels wrong. Call it the caco demon. Call it the agatho demon. These two demons that might be the might be the basis for this AI cryptid called Krungus or Krungus. But this thing was created by a random name entry in the middle of the night by this Twitch streamer. And Google has the Lambda system like Aleister Crowley's Lamb and it's it's artificial intelligence. It's AI. It's a language generation system. And wh- I mean, if you what what is all this? What is all this stuff? This is all the things that we create on the internet. The expressions of our innermost demons. They're very much alive in cyberspace. Kr- Krungus or Krungus is a creation in cyberspace that can jump into the real world through meme magic and through the various forms of energetic. Uh, rituals that are performed every day on social media. Our obsessive compulsive likes and dislikes and scrolling, scrolling, scrolling feeds into this. It builds the internet, it builds AI, but it also builds these these Vecna-like things. You know, the, the generals of the mind flayer. I can't get off this thing, this idea, this idea that when the Momo statue was destroyed, the creator took an eye from it, one eye. And the kid that killed himself at the beginning of the Momo challenge, he wrote on the wall, devil's one eye, before he killed himself. The eyes are the gateway to the soul, right? The right eye is the enlightened right-hand path of the sun, the eye of Horus. The left-hand path is the world of serpents and monsters like those of Lovecraft. And what is that that eye taken from the monster? It is the AI. It's an eye. Why do some cover the right eye instead of the left eye? Because they're members of the left-hand path. Those ideas of black goo and possession and things like that. In, in the theme of Lovecraft, the octopus and the squid, all of its tentacles, its ink, it's a metaphor for the internet and technology. The tentacles, of course, represent the interconnectedness of computers, of computer networks, of, of, of the internet. And the ink is the black mirror of our screens that distorts our perception of the real world to distract us as a defensive mechanism, perhaps, but more so as a tool in which to confuse us, to trap us, and to consume us. It's also the ink of our pens that we use to create these new worlds through paper and art. And now we're letting AI make the decisions for us to create the art, to create new voices, language, text, music, comic books, and even these cryptid creatures like Krungus or Krungus. Krungus. I'm choosing to pronounce it Krungus because I'm thinking of Krumpus, that hard Krumpus, Krungus. Crunges, crunges. But crunges makes me think cringes. It cr- that's what it is. It's like cringe. Abolishing man, as C.S. Lewis said, through destroying objective value and destroying natural law. Destroying our ability to create. Destroying our art, our culture, our music, our language, our religion. Or replacing them. Replacing our art with AI art, like the comic book. Our culture, our music. With AI, I mean, look at these pop stars that promote this stuff from black goo to artificial intelligence. And actually, the music industry itself is one of the biggest promoters of this, especially when you listen to Eminem or Lady Gaga or Poppy or Billie Eilish or big and small names alike. They always focus on the same imagery of the mirror and of the clock like Stranger Things, the black goo, the possession, the parasites, the demons, the Faustian bargains. And they always relate a certain time to these interactions. That time is usually 2 to 4 a.m. 
Now, the guy that created this image of Krungus or Krungus, this AI-generated cryptid, said the following. Because remember, he came up with the name in the middle of the night. Here's what Guy Kelly said. I was lying in bed at 2, 3 a.m. And I thought, oh, I should come up with some of those names that sound like a monster into the AI was name and see if it, the AI, agrees with me. So he comes up with this name Krungus. And he does it between 2 and 3 a.m., the witching hour. That's when the veil is thinned. That's when you are in a state of conscious and unconscious transference. Awake and asleep. It's almost euphoric or hallucinogenic in a sense. If, you, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night, you feel confused. You don't know where you are. You have to come back into your conscious awareness, your conscious body. So Guy Kelly, the guy that creates this AI cryptid through the AI image generator at 3 a.m., once again, just like all throughout the music industry, all throughout entertainment, 3 a.m., he comes up with this name for this monster. And if you look in the Urban Dictionary, Krungus or Krungus, what the name he comes up with, it means a crud or fungus under the fingernails. Now, a crud or a fungus would be associated with like disease and death, like a demon, something putrid, something putrefying, something decaying, something distorted, something dead. So if you take the crud under the fingernails, and you look in an occult book or an occult dictionary, it'll tell you all about the fingernails. What are the fingernails and the cuticles? They are gateways into your body. So occultists would not only preserve their fingernails because you could use them to work magic against a person or in, you know, in help of a person like Paracelsus, the, the alchemist, but also covering their fingers because if you were to allow your fingers to be uncovered, demons could get in through the fingernails and through the cuticles, which is why if you watched Hansel and Gretel or if you watch any number of uh, any number of movies about magic or mystical things, you often see that the witch has these very blackened fingers. It's because of, well, the crud or the fungus. It's because the demons, the, 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 the devils, they get into the hands, they get into the the body through the hands, through the fingers, through the cuticles, which are like the eyes of the gateway to the soul, right? If you have idle hands, they are the tools of the devil. Laying in bed, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, I just thought of a random name. Happens to be a gateway in occult biology and anatomy that leads demons into the body. Krungus, Krungus. It's really cringy. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am now headed out to Roswell, New Mexico. I'll be out there, probably be seeing uh, Clyde and Ron and a few other people. Hopefully, I'll see you there. I'll be there Friday and Saturday. I'll be wandering around. I don't have a booth or anything, but I'll be wandering around. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. If you haven't subscribed yet, it's $40 for one year. You get access to all the shows, the montages, private RSS feed and digital copies of my books. Otherwise, you can buy the books separately. www.thesecretteachings.info is the only place you can get them legitimately. Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy. A lot of what we discussed tonight in those books. I also have a new book coming out that I'm going to be announcing the details of very, very soon. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. 
rdgable at yahoo.com, Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio, Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, The Tuttle Twins, and Transistor FM. Their links are on our website. The music, White Bat Audio. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. A replay tomorrow, Monday, we'll be back here on Ground Zero Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you at the Roswell 75th Anniversary Festival. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio.